may have heard someone say that everybody's got a book in them. What would your book be titled if you wrote one? I've outlined several projects that I've been working on for years, and these are biblical topics and themes that have captured my theological attention and engaged my mind for decades. So over the next few episodes, I'd like to introduce you to the Rethinking Scripture projects. And in so doing, I'll introduce you to my future books. Welcome back to the Rethinking Scripture podcast. This is Greg Hall, and it's been a minute. At the end of last year, I said I would be taking a couple weeks off, but this is the first episode of 2022, and it's the end of January. So like I said, I had planned on taking just a couple weeks off, and when I looked up, it was nearly a month. But I've been busy, and I'm excited to tell you a little bit about what I've been doing. First of all, like millions of people across the world, I've started playing Wordle. It's an online word game that has really grown in popularity over the last month. It is so fun. And it's not the main reason why I haven't been producing episodes. So in addition to Wordle, one of my sons closed on his first house right before Christmas. So it's a bit of a fixer-upper, and the last month has been filled with lots of small projects that I've been helping him with. We've been repairing drywall, we've been painting, adding lights, light switches, plugs, installing cabinets, rearranging closets, and fixing fences. And the best part of it is we've been listening to 80s playlists on Spotify nearly the whole time. It's been a lot of work, but it's also been really good. The other reason my January break was a little bit longer than expected is I've been putting the finishing touches on a book manuscript to get it ready to send to my publisher. And that was taking up most of my extra time, but I was able to finish it just a couple of days ago. And I'll talk a little bit more about the book later in today's episode. Some of you may remember that back in November, we launched the All America Listener Challenge. And all the updates on our progress are available on the website at rethinkingscripture.com. But we are trying to get listeners in each of the 50 United States. And in January, we added Arkansas and New Jersey to the list of states with listeners. So before we move on, I'm just going to ask the question, who do you know in places like Ohio and Oklahoma or Indiana or Iowa that might enjoy the podcast? Let's continue to fill the map in 2022. So today in the episode, I'd like to introduce you to the Rethinking Scripture projects. And as I said in the intro, these are different ideas on biblical themes that I've been researching and thinking about and tinkering with for years. And I currently have four projects that I've outlined and today, I'd like to briefly introduce you to each of the projects, and then over the next month, we'll take one episode for each of the projects and focus in on them in a little more detail. So, what are the Rethinking Scripture projects? There are four biblical themes that I've been researching, and they involve biblical rest, the Garden of Eden, 
the Tower of Babel or Babel, however you choose to say it. And then the last one is the process of conversion, how someone's converted into the faith. And as I've been thinking about these, I've created space at RethinkingScripture.com under the Projects tab, where I discuss each of them in a little more detail. And each of these projects or themes start with just one or two biblical stories. But then, like many topics in the Bible, they branch out into fully developed studies that give insight into the nature of who God is and how he's chosen to work within his creation. So, for instance... The first project is Rethinking Rest. When we read the Bible, we are first introduced to the concept of rest very early on. It's in the seventh day of the creation narrative. It's where God ceases the work that he's been doing, giving organization and structure to the cosmos, and he begins another activity described as rest. Well, that would be one thing. If that were the last we ever heard about the idea of rest in the Bible, but that's not the end of biblical rest. It's only the beginning. The idea of biblical rest is woven into the narrative of the whole Old Testament. It's woven into the law of Moses and into the conquest of the promised land. So the Old Testament is full of rest imagery, and it all hyperlinks back to that first mention of rest in the creation narrative. But like most themes in the Old Testament, the fulfillment of the idea is usually tied to the New Testament character of Jesus. And we find this with rest also. Jesus makes several comments and claims about rest. You might remember some of them, but one in particular has really caught my attention. It's in Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, and it's very familiar It's where Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But that's not it. He goes on to further explain what his statement means in the next sentence. He says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I know that passage is going to be very familiar if you grew up in the church or if you study your Bible on a regular basis, but I don't know if you ever noticed this about that statement that Jesus made. We've been taught to assume that rest is achieved when we stop doing work, and that's what I assumed for years. And in Matthew 11, Jesus offers rest, so it seems like he would be giving us a break from work. But his offer of rest is an offer to take up his yoke. Now, I don't know too much about yokes, but I do know one thing. They are associated with work. People don't attach animals to a yoke when it's time to stop working. The yoke is always an instrument of work. But Jesus, in his statement, suggests the rest that he offers is only realized when we attach ourselves to an instrument of work. And you might have assumed that Jesus' yoke is not associated with work, but if that was true, he would not have used an instrument of work in his analogy. And that's just like Jesus, to mix things up, right, when you think you know what he's saying. And it's things like that that suggest to me that there might be more to biblical rest 
than just taking one day a week off of work. So that's a very brief introduction to the Rethinking Rest project. This particular project started way back in 2006 for me. I eventually had turned it into a doctoral thesis, and over the last three years, I've turned it into my first book, which (laughs) I am hoping will be out just in time for Christmas this year. And I'll be sure to give you updates all along the way because it's one of the most exciting things that's happening in my life right now. The second Rethinking Project is the Rethinking Eden Project. And just like rest, we are introduced to the Garden of Eden very early in the biblical narrative. The events of Genesis chapters 2 and 3 are highly important to the whole biblical story. It's where we are first introduced to Adam and Eve. They are with God in the garden, and for a while at least, things seem to be going well. But then there's a serpent that shows up, and everything gets a little crazy. And while the Garden of Eden story is foundational, there are lots of new ways that people are looking at it. And they're asking good questions with good scholarship. For instance, is Genesis chapters 2 and 3 just a retelling of a part of the Genesis 1 story? Are we supposed to understand Adam and Eve to be the first people on earth? Or are there other options available within the biblical text? Was the Garden of Eden a perfect environment? If so, why did the snake show up? And there's not been a lot of discussion about this, but what was the state of the rest of the world outside the garden, especially before the fall? We assume after the fall that Adam and Eve are exiled from the garden and they're exiled into a land that's been cursed by God, where their work will be more painful and and filled with toil. But what was that space like before the fall? It had to have been different than the Garden of Eden because the Garden of Eden had boundaries from which Adam and Eve were eventually exiled. There are lots of questions that scholars are asking about the Garden of Eden. Some of them may even sound a bit heretical, especially if you grew up in the church. But we've got to be okay with asking questions that sound heretical. Why would I say that? It's because every doctrine the evangelical church believes once sounded heretical. There have been lots of believers in Jesus, ones that we will see in heaven, who were labeled and then killed for what was considered heretical at their time. The Rethinking Eden Project looks at what questions modern Christian scholarship is asking about the Garden of Eden. And it's those questions that will engage and spur on the next generation of believers and church leaders. So we've introduced two projects, the Rethinking Rest Project and Rethinking Eden. The third Rethinking Scripture Project is Rethinking Babel. And that word can be said a couple of different ways. It could be babble, like a baby is babbling, which would go along with the story because it's all about the confusion of language. 
And it also brings into focus the location, Babylon. But some scholars say Babel. Again, this is one of those lesser focus on stories that is foundational to the rest of the biblical narrative. Most Bible readers haven't even connected the Babel story with the event we read about in Acts chapter 2. You know, the, the New Testament's really strange story about languages. At the tower in the Old Testament, one language was taken away and many were given in its place. But at Pentecost, many languages are represented, and the ability to communicate to everyone is, at least briefly, restored. Do you see how the Pentecost event is a short-term reversal of the Babel story? And that's why this project is really fun for me to work through in my mind, because in it, we delve into the nature of the New Testament phenomena of speaking in tongues. (laughs) And that's not very controversial, is it? (laughs) And I've developed a position on that topic that doesn't even fit anyone's paradigm. That's the Rethinking Babel Project. And no matter what stance you have on the New Testament phenomena of speaking in tongues, you might be a cessationist that doesn't even want to even think about speaking in tongues. You could have grown up in the Pentecostal movement, and that would have been a very regular part of your worship experience. No matter where you have come from, the Rethinking Babel Project will give you something more to think about on the topic. And the last Rethinking Scripture project is Rethinking Conversion. While it doesn't sound as exciting, this is probably the one that has occupied most of my thinking processes over the last 20 years. It's an examination of who in the Bible were really saved through faith. And would you be surprised to find out they don't usually fit into our definition of a Christian? So those who have listened to the podcast have already been introduced to some of my thoughts and ideas about the conversion of characters as we walk through the book of John. I talked about it in episode number three, which is actually called Rethinking Conversion, And then again with Nicodemus in episodes 5 and 6, and the woman at the well in episode 8, and then again in episode 11, examining the statement, all that the Father gives. And in episode 15, when we talked about Jesus being the good shepherd and the two sheep pens, all of those episodes are on topic for the Rethinking Conversion Project. We've come to the conclusion that several of the biblical characters couldn't have been saved, because We've applied our evangelical lens from our culture and our time to their situation. And I believe we've come to some very inaccurate conclusions about those biblical characters. And that has likely skewed our perception of what someone's conversion can and should look like. All the stories we read in the New Testament took place in a liminal time between two covenants. And we shouldn't be reading their stories, those stories from the New Testament, and just automatically assume that that's what should be normative for today. So the Rethinking Conversion Project is looking at what do we consider a conversion to look like today, and then comparing it to many of the conversions that we know are true in in the biblical context. And just asking the question, 
have we been reading those stories correctly? And have we come to the right conclusions? And that's what keeps my mind busy when I have nothing else to do. When I'm swimming laps, if I've had a good day on Wordle, this is what I think about. And I'm really excited to take some time in a little more detail over the next four episodes to unpack some more details about what I've delved into and start to bring you along the journey with me on these projects. And like I said, the first book, Rethinking Rest, has already been written. And so in anticipation of that project coming out, hopefully at the end of this year, I'm now spending a little bit more time on the outlines for my other projects. And so if anything that I've talked about in this episode sounds interesting or has sparked a question in your head, feel free to go to RethinkingScripture.com and click on the contact tab and just shoot me a quick note with a question or a thought or a comment. And I'd be happy to try and include that into the episodes that are coming up over the next 30 days. Well, that's all I've got for today. And you've just had the Rethinking Scripture Projects 101 class, and you've passed with flying colors. And I also wanted to say just thanks for your patience over the last 30 days, as I've had a chance to back away from the mic for a little while and accomplish some things in my life that were kind of pressing, but I'm ready to get back into it. And I hope you are too. So welcome back. And as always, thanks for listening. And if you have some time to rate, review, and recommend to your friends, I would really appreciate it if you mentioned to them the Rethinking Scripture podcast. Mm-hmm.